Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pearson. It's been a minute since we've been on this podcast. It's been off for two or three weeks now. Uh, last time we were on, I think we had uh, Craig talking about what the hell was going to happen with all these sports coming back on. And uh, so far, it hasn't been great <laughs> with the sports trying to get back up. A lot of problems they're running into, but it uh, looks like they're going to... Heads down, plow through it anyway. But uh, that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to get ready for a little bit of pop culture as we're going to turn, uh, take a little bit of a left turn here and talk some of the wrestling. Uh, joining me today to talk a bit of the wrestling is uh, Mac. How the hell are you, Mac? Good, man. How are you? All right. It's the return of the Mac here on the podcast. It's been a while since uh, you've been on uh, just through COVID and whatnot. We weren't able to get you on the last two, but uh, you're back now and it's great to have you. Um, how, you, how have you been? How's COVID been for you for the most part? Oh, it's, uh, been a challenge, man. You know, keeping the young one busy. There's no, uh, yeah. school and this kind of thing. So, you know, just staying sane, but it could be worse off. So, you know, I really shouldn't complain. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily we, uh, we still got our health so far, but, uh, yeah, I hear you on the, on the keeping the kids entertained thing, but, uh, it's easier now than it has been, I, than I would imagine it was in the past. But uh, anyway, so we're also just kind of going to go heads down and plow through. Um, one of the things that has not stopped during COVID has been the wrestling so far. They've been performing in front of empty arenas. And uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, how, um, what's your opinion on the uh, on wrestling in front of no crowds? Well... <clears throat> It's it's weird. It's kind of like uh, Lucha Underground, but without the even they had like you know their own little crowd and stuff. Um, it's entertaining. I mean, I kind of I kind of like this sort of diversion. You know, it's kind of stripped down to almost like studio wrestling back in the day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's not a big arena. You're not telling me that you know you you sold out the biggest arena in the world and the production values aren't the same, which means you have to have a good core product. You can't have the smoke and mirrors sort of distracting away from just good old wrestling. And they are doing these pre-tape segments and stuff, which I think is neat because that was like, you know, back in the day in attitude era, they did all sorts of that stuff. It's cool, but uh, you know, it was, it's sort of like jumping into a cold lake. It's good at first, but maybe now it's not as good as it was. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I wrestling cannot like survive. Not the word I'm looking for. Um, cause like it's, it's they're like WWE is never going to lose so much that they're going to go broke or anything like that. But uh, you need a crowd. Like the crowd is it, like it, it, it was okay at the beginning of, of COVID when we were like, okay, this is a little weird. And as people were still like doing their entrances and preening to like no crowds and stuff. And it was like, this is kind of funny that they're still doing this. And now it's just like, now that we're, you know, three months into this, it's like, yeah, we really need the crowd in order to keep this going. Um, 
the like maybe they could do it like a chat room where they just have a bunch of heads around the border of the screen. You know well, what I mean? They did that with the they did that with the NFL draft though, and it was awful, uh, Mac. It was so <laughs> awful. Like, uh, so yeah, I wouldn't do that because like they, they, the NFL draft did this horrible thing where. Roger Goodell was like, you know, watching fans on Zoom and he was going like, come on, cheer and boo and stuff. And it was just, oh God, it was awful. So like, I, 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 I would, I shudder to, to think about wrestling doing that. So uh, just because of how bad it was with the NFL. Now the NFL is uh, a tad less showy than the, uh, the WWE, but uh, not that much less showy. Um yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed a lot of the pre-tape segments, like the the cinematic, the more cinematic stuff. But uh, that's, uh, you know, some of them have hit and hit really well, and some of them have been not so great. But uh, you know, you got to do. I hope they keep doing it going forward. Um, but like, like once they get the crowds back, which you know, from where I'm sitting, it's still going to be a while before they get the crowds back. I hope they continue to do some of these cinematic things, but do it very sparingly. Like, like, like just maybe bust it out once, twice a year and really freaking go for it. Right. With, with some of the cinematic stuff. I just hope that when the crowds are back, they go, they don't like go. All right. That's it for those cinematic matches. We don't need to do those anymore. Back to good old fashioned wrestling. Right. And, and like, the crowds are in the I, I just, I hope it's an idea that they keep in their back pocket going forward. I, I hear you there, 100%. Like, it's, it can really, it should be less is more. You know, the odd one, a little bit during a Raw, not, you know, half a Raw, or probably not as insane and overused as it was in the Attitude Era. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe, yeah just save it for, like, a couple of pay-per-views a year. Just, like, if, if you got a pay-per-view that's, like, you, you, like, I mean, the one we're about to talk about is, is one that we would not normally talk about, but uh, <laughs> kind, I'm kind of starved for podcast content, and also I wanted to get your take, and I wanted to talk about this weird uh, Mysterio Rollins stipulation that they got, and just kind of give my opinion on that. But, uh, yeah, this, Extreme Rules is one we would kind of just be like, yeah, we don't need to talk about this one uh, on the pod, but... Uh, what the hell? Here we are, and uh, we'll be back next uh, next month as well for for SummerSlam because I think SummerSlam is actually going to be uh, weirdly good this year because they're uh, despite not having a crowd. But uh, yeah, Extreme Rules, which actually technically is called the Horror Show at Extreme Rules. That's the uh, <laughs> that's the official title of this pay per view, which only has six matches so far. I mean, they still got they still got a uh, a, a SmackDown tomorrow. We're recording this on on the night before SmackDown, and it'll probably go up the morning before SmackDown. Um, so there's always a chance to add one one more match, but uh, one or two more matches. But you know, like I, I don't a nice little compact six match pay per view for Extreme Rules could be like could give them time to flex their muscle with a couple of cinematic uh, matches and a couple of really good in ring work matches, especially with the ladies who have basically been carrying, <laughs> who have basically been carrying WWE through the COVID era with, with their stuff. Hell, the ladies have been putting in work while, you know, the men's has just kind of been like, yeah, okay. Okay. Like, yeah, sure. Proceed. But, uh, I, I really like what they're doing with the women's division right now. Um, yeah, that's no, go ahead. I've been kind of getting, no, it's like the, uh, it's, it's good. And, you know, the fact that they have Asuka leaning into the weirdness and Extreme Rules is kind of the one where you can do funky shit. And, mm. like, they're kind of leaning into it. And that's kind of cool. Like, like Halloween should be have, like, an occult and, like, weird stuff happens. You know what I mean? And maybe Extreme Rules is like that. Like, you have your kind of, here's your time for weirds. 
here's your time for big championship matches, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah, this pay-per-view does have, like, a Halloween vibe to it, doesn't it, actually? Like, since they're calling it the horror show and they've got a couple of uh, uh, very stipulated... This, this this has the, the vibe of an old-school Halloween Havoc from WCW, but uh, they're, they're, they're doing oh, yeah. it in the middle of July. But uh, whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll forgive them for that. Um, anything else you want to say before we uh, jump into uh, the actual matches on the card? Um, I will, my, my kind of, uh, I guess TLDR for everything is mm-hmm. I want to embrace kind of stupidity and fun in wrestling. And even if they miss that mark, if that's, you know, what they're going for, they ratchet that up a notch, then it was good for the totality of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I have to agree with you there. Um, so anyway, let's get into the matches. Uh, I will be, as always, using the good people of Wikipedia to tell me what's up with the matches. Um, first up, Apollo Crews. This is an interesting match, just given the fact that these guys are where they are right now, and I and I love seeing these names on on a card. Uh, Apollo Crews, champion, United States champion, will defend against MVP. Um the odds on this matchup right now, uh, Apollo Crews minus 500 to retain MVP plus 300 to become the new United States champion. Um, so Apollo Crews, heavy favorite to retain. I love seeing these two guys uh, getting time on a pay-per-view. I love that Apollo Crews has been given this uh, U.S. championship run. Uh, MVP has been great. Uh, on the mic and, and putting together this, this little stable or mini stable he's kind of got going and how they were like, we got to recruit Apollo Crews. And then Crews is like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. And now they're fighting about it. It's it's just, I, I really like seeing these guys in action. And I, I think this will be a really, really sneaky, good uh, work rate match. Uh, what do you think on this one, Mac? Oh, yeah. This is, um, this is definitely going to be uh, someone who likes like wrestling a match for them. Um, this whole idea of bringing him back and having him in this role is really good because, like, he's not young, man. Apollo, or yeah, not Apollo, MVP, mm-hmm. like, his heyday was, what, 15 years ago? No, not that, uh, well, yeah, I mean, over a decade for sure. He was definitely, like, he was definitely, like, late, uh, late aughts, early 2000s, right? He's 46, right? Yeah, he, he, I just quickly Googled him. So, yeah, he's 46 years old, so he's not a spring chicken, but I mean, like what they've got him doing right now with the recruiting of the young guys and the younger guys and the, the being a mouthpiece for them is, is great, but he's still in tr- enough shape that he can go. Right. Uh, oh, and power to him for that. And I mm-hmm. give anybody credit, you know, for be to be able to work matches whatsoever. And those who can do it into their well into their forties is pretty amazing. And Apollo Crews, he's just a you know super specimen, so he'll probably do more of the work, but it'll still be a really good match. And the fact that it has character and the story and like a new belt, mm-hmm. like belts are supposed to be a big deal. A new belt should be a big deal. A match for like the inaugural champion of a new belt, like that, that's got significance to it. So this is, but like this doesn't draw people in that aren't already fans of wrestling. But for the fans of wrestling, they see this as as cool. What do you think of the new design in the United States uh, Championship that they got? Let me take another look at this. Yeah, just a quick Google. Because I'm—I'll be honest. It, it, in in my 
history of title belts, I've always been like a in, in terms of color scheme, I've come I've kind of always been like a less is more guy. So the United States championships throughout history have never um been my favorites personally because it's just like a lot of the red, white, and blue. Uh yeah. But I get that they want it to be the the red, white, and blue also allows it to visually be very distinguishable from like the intercontinental title, which I've always uh, habitually think is f- not the the one they got now. I kind of don't like, but the intercontinental title throughout history has always been the best looking belt in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And actually, the I thought the cruiserweight belt looked pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one, the new one, you know, it's a bit more kind of boxy and standoutish. I think they wanted to lose the kind of old school charm with it maybe dial down the fact that it's got the sort of background of the american flag yeah uh meh i kind of like the old campy Mm -hmm. campiness to it but the new one it's 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 okay you know what i mean it's all right doesn't do too much for me yeah it's not too bad uh it's better than that uh that tnt belt that they're (laughs) they're kicking or in uh aew right now that one was that one was a swing and a mess, in my opinion. Um, Apollo Cruz versus MVP. Who you got, Mac? It would be crazy not to have Apollo Cruz win. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. Um, yeah, it's good to see him getting his due after a long time, kind of treading water there while while still putting in good work and just never really being given a shot. So uh, hopefully he can keep this momentum up and with a W and keep going. Okay, next up. I'm I'm going in ascending order here, according to Wikipedia, is the match that pretty much is the reason where you and I are having this conversation, Mac, because I I, I needed to, I I had some things to say about uh, (laughs) about this match. Um, It is being referred to as an eye for an eye match. Uh, Rey Mysterio is going up against uh, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is minus 150. uh, Rey Mysterio is plus 110. Uh, so a little bit of, you're paying a little bit of juice there on, uh, uh, you're paying a little bit of juice there on, (laughs) on Seth Rollins, but it's, it's probably the spot. Um, the stipulation, however, is that the only way you could win this match is when you gouge out the eye of your opponent. (laughs) it would have just killed bill yeah like it's literally yeah the official uh the official this is what it says on wikipedia word for word it says quote the match can only be won when one competitor extracts an eye of their opponent end quote (laughs) that's what it says about this match so i guess you have to get like a like a spoon (laughs) or just yeah like you said go full uma thurman and kill bill and just pluck the eyeball out of somebody's head (laughs) I, I don't. This, this whole Mysterio Rollins thing has been bizarre, and I get that they're trying to do the 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 Monday Night Messiah thing with uh, Rollins, which is kind of funny because that like the the fake wrestling character I created for myself in uh, in the uh, when you know back when I was in high school, right, doing you know just backyard fake re- uh, entrances with with uh, the boys and whatnot was uh, my character was called the Messiah, and he did all sorts of stuff like the, uh, like this, but at no point. Was I ever like, yeah, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna say re- like like quasi religious stuff and 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 you know pretend like maybe I'm Jesus and then uh, like like I may or may not be be you know like 
Jesus again in in the context of a fake wrestling character as a 15 year old. But at no point was I ever like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out there and gouge the eye out of my opponent while <laughs> I'm doing all of this like religiousy type stuff where I, you know, pretend to be better than everybody. I have, I have no idea what the plan is for this match. There are some rumors, Mac, that they, that this will be one of the pre-taped matches. I guess there's going to be, Two pre-tape matches, because the Braun Strowman-Bray Wyatt fight will for sure be pre-taped, uh, since apparently they're going to be fighting in a swamp. There, there's been some rumors that this will be a, a pre-taped uh, match, probably more in the less in the vein of the the cinematic-y type stuff, like... Uh, like the, uh, the Boneyard match that, uh, they had at WrestleMania with the Undertaker and, and AJ Styles, where that was just completely edited and, and cinematic as all get out and more in the vein, I think of, uh, that edge Orton match from a couple of pay-per-views ago. That was a lot of fun, but it was, it was pre-taped, but it was them running through the building. But like <laughs> the big rumor I've been reading on the internet is that they're going to use CGI that they're, they're, they're busting out CGI for as far as I know, the first time in the history of wrestling, they're going to use CGI. I can't think of another time they've used CGI to make it seem like Seth Rollins will most likely pull the eye out of Rey Mysterio's head. <laughs> How does that rumor grab you Mac? <laughs> so remember, or like, do you remember in TN, TNA when they did that crazy thing with broken Matt Hart yeah. and like, and that, that had, you know, ridiculous low-budget CGI and all this stuff. Yeah. I, Is this I guess, the... Yeah, like, that was less CGI, but some of the Vanguard 1 stuff was, like... But, yeah, they had they had effects, but it wasn't just, like... <laughs> I don't remember too many actually computer-generated images <laughs> of stuff. And no. Certainly never, like, like how do we CGI ripping a dude's eye out of their, <laughs> of their head, right? Like, I don't... Uh... So, I mean, like, it, it, I don't think it's going to go that way and be like, let's just make something campy and stupid. That's not really their their game. But it could be... Uh, I just hope they don't kind of phone it in and, and have it so like, oh, I just, like, hit you in the eye. You know, one of these worked bat shots or something. You go down holding your eye. Yeah. And therefore, like, you, you've already you've built it up to be this ridiculous. You kind of have to run with it. You can't really just phone it in now. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I want from this match. I want something. I want him to go so ridiculous. I want it to be like that scene in Demolition Man. You remember that movie, Mac, when Wesley Snipes uh, tore that dude's eyeball out of his head so that he could put it on a pencil so he could get it get past the like uh, the retina scan or whatever that he needed to escape from the super future prison of Demolition Man, right? So like oh, man, the thing it's been opens. A long time. Oh well, this is the door like obviously futuristic movie right but like like you know but like futuristic and like the 90s version of what the future would look like so everything's like military and prison but like wesley snipes is the bad guy and he kills a dude like one of the greatest over-the-top bad guy performances of all time he's basically the basically playing black joker and he kills a dude but there's a retina scan so he has to like tear the eyeball out of his head and then when the door opens wesley snipes is standing there holding a pencil with an eyeball <laughs> like attached to the pencil and just standing there like being silly with it it was just like oh my god this is hilarious <laughs> but like yeah eye for an eye match Rey mysterio and seth rollins don't know whose idea this was or if they plan on using uh, CGI, but my God. Um, in terms of actual an actual match, I mean, what do you what do you feel it for this one? 
Well, I don't think they're going to do it to Seth Rollins because you can't just get him out of the picture as easy as you can for Rey Mysterio. Really, this is, excuse me, <coughs> this is reminiscent of in Lucha Underground when they uh, like blinded, they like destroyed one of Big Rick's eyes. I don't know if you are familiar yeah, with Rey Mysterio. I vaguely remember something like that, yeah. And then he had the eye patch for the rest of it. And like they, they kept with the story and it was really good. But now but then um Big Rick, who is formerly uh Ezekiel Jackson in WWE, mm-hmm. like he, he didn't stay in that fed. Like he said something like, No, like my scheduling, whatever, no harm done, but I'm just not coming back for like, either the season two or season three. So they had him on there like it's kind of funny, like that that uh series involved these, you know, fake cops and crazy it was just a pain in every way so they had him on their like missing persons board so but because this is wrestling you know you wait six months and i'm sure you can do indie shows and no one really cares i mean if he keeps the eye patch even better or if he's just like eh, f it new gimmick i'm not gonna wear it fine and you could probably do it with ray mysterio you could have him lose his eye and then in eight months it just we forget about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Be like, hey, what happened to Mysterio's eye? <laughs> it's back. It's just magically back. I, I remember that. Like, guy... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, and also it was just like that he injured the eye of uh, of the opponent in the, in the one they've done so far. Mm-hmm. So, like, they could have it. So, yeah, so, he, you know, something and they really sell it and it's dramatic. And even if it comes out, but then be like, fortunately, he had eyeball reattachment surgery. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Or he's got a glass eye now. He's fighting with a glass eye. Just so, yeah, you can always make up some garbage. It's just I remember. I remember they did. They did like back in the early, early days of ECW. They did the thing where like Tommy Dreamer like, uh, like blinded the Sandman by like he like put the cigar out in one of his eyes and then caned him in the other. And they were like, oh, the Sandman's blind. And then he came back out and he wasn't blind and he beat the shit out of Tommy Dreamer, right? But that's that's going. <laughs> That's going way back to like 96, 97. But like, yeah, that was the last time I remember something being done with eyes where it's like, yeah, you'd stab. They're going to try to stab each other in the eye in this match. It's like, what are we doing here? It's supposed to be like it's PG era too. And apparently like Seth Rollins is going to have like a cantaloupe. Like he's going to have like a melon baller trying to go at like. Oh, they can always shenanigans too, right? Yeah. Like they might not even finish. They might be honestly trying to, yeah, gouge each other's eyeballs out with whatever. Like they, they might find a pair of freaking like, oh uh, yeah, a melon baller, and the other one's gonna grab like a a bastard file or something, and they, oh, like, maybe yeah, it spills yeah. into a workshop, and and then they'll have someone like knock it over. Like I'm okay with shenanigans as long as it's funny. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, Seth Rollins or Rey Mysterio, who you got? <clears throat> crazy to vote against Rollins right now. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I can't. If they're they're trying to build up this this heel gimmick, and uh, I don't see how losing to forty year old Rey Mysterio helps them. Plus, there's also the thing that hang- hangs over the match of what's Rey Mysterio's son gonna do? Is he gonna betray his dad? Like that has to happen at some point, doesn't it? Like, doesn't uh, Rey Mysterio's kid have to? Uh, do something to him in order to get heat so that he could, uh, he, he can start being a character or something. Although we don't know if this kid can wrestle, right? We just assume he can because he's sort of mysterious son, but, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll do something schmozzy with the, with the kid too. Like maybe, maybe the kid ends up losing the eye and then it's like, 
oh my god, <laughs> right? What have we done? <laughs> right? Sort of a sort of a thing, and then it has that sort of schmozzy ending, or as schmozzy as an ending where someone loses an eye can be, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm just excited. Yeah. I'm just wondering. I just I I I I haven't wanted a wrestling rumor to be as true as I want the we're going to use CGI on an eye extraction to be true, to be as true as I want that rumor to be. Right. That's just me. I'm just nutty like that. Um, this has got me interested in this, like some of the ridiculous shit yeah. that we were promised is watching the attitude era. That's so like, true. I'm totally interested in seeing this and I, at least I appreciate the, the ridiculous factor and actually what you said there, that that's pretty cool. That makes sense. They could use this to, uh, to build Dominic somehow, you know, if that gives him a bit of a launch pad, then that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, next up, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in a Wyatt Swamp fight. So I'm just, they haven't exactly uh, said what this is going to be, but I assume this will be some sort of pre-tape matched in a, either an actual swamp because they are in Orlando. So it wouldn't be too hard to find uh, some, some glades and some swampy looking territory, or if they just build like a set of a swamp, like they did for the, uh, the boneyard match and then uh, just go. But this will certainly be a pre-tape fight. Um, Bray Wyatt is minus 140. Oh, this is actually a non-title match. So, yeah, they're not even... Braun Strowman doesn't have the belt on the line. Uh, So, Bray Wyatt uh, is minus 140. Braun Strowman is plus 100. And this is a... Like I said, this is a non-title match for the... uh, So, the the universal title is not on the line, which is... um, Strange that they would that they would do that. Um, Braun Strowman already beat Bray Wyatt at the last pay per view, but Bray was doing his uh, Firefly Funhouse Mister Rogers character in that one. In this one, he is doing the old school uh, backwoods cult leader Max Cady parody uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, which has been fun to watch over the over the last few weeks. Um, with the old school references to the Wyatt family and, and Strowman making his debut with them. Um, yeah, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in a swamp fight. Thoughts on this one, Mac? Uh, so Bray Wyatt is basically positioning himself to be a super utility guy. Or like mm. to have a lot of different personas. And I think it's because yeah. he knows he's like, he's never getting pushed as a champ. You know, do you need me to be... Max Katie, do you need me to be the fiend? Mm-hmm. I'll do both really well. You need freaking Husky Harris. You know, you can probably... That'd <laughs> well, be let's pretty not go damn that far. <laughs> that'd be a great Royal Rumble swerve if he comes out as the fiend by and Husky Harris, just like McFoley did. Yeah, like Foley did in... What was that, 96? I think when yeah, Foley came out as all three of his characters. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be all right. Oh, yeah. I, I would like that. Um, so I think what, they're, what we have here is Strowman basically kind of writing his wrongs and like I and I was actually reading a bit about this and it seems like uh like McIntyre is doing that too like oh uh, uh Dolph you were my man back in the day but I don't need you anymore so I know that's really well we'll get to that in a second sorry I'm not trying to spill into the other ones no, but <laughs> okay well like when you're giving a guy a push it it's kind of easy it's an easy way to feud with like okay here's the past and this is kind of writing that wrong showing i don't need you and but the thing that i don't know is are they giving stroman that big push is he holding this just so they can get someone else to have it is this because they didn't know what the hell else to do with that title so they gave it to him and they want to make it you know 
half decent. He's not a spring chicken either. You know, people have stipulated, well, how many more years of, you know, wrestling does this huge dude have? And those guys typically uh, don't have the careers as, as long as the smaller guys, um, you know, no fault of their own. And uh, they're, they're uh, agile and, and, and great and everything and, uh, considering their size. So, but that, that's the part I can't really figure out. If they're leaning into Braun, cool. Frig, how many years has The Undertaker barely been able to wrestle and he's still getting, mm. you know, big deal matches and this kind of thing? I mean, if they can get a solid year or so good reign out of Strowman, cool. At least he gets a good reign with that belt. And I just hope then if they do lean into it, they they make that a big deal, that belt. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like I remember Mark Henry's Hall of Pain gimmick, then that belt was a big deal and all. Uh, like Randy and Christian feuded over it and like they wanted that belt because that belt has a history and those people played that up because when you look at them side by each it's like well I don't really know which one's bigger than the other unless you know you have your whole uh, Raw versus Smackdown kind of rivalry and sort of like a world series which we sort of get but now I'm digressing I'd like to see that be maybe more prominent so it's like okay whoever won this is because you know what I mean they were granted the shot because they truly believe they can beat the the raw champ in this kind of thing, you know. But anyway, digressing. Strowman kind of has to win because Bray's settled into that knockaround guy position, but he's going to do it really well. I think he's accepted that and made these gimmicks, so he's not just Dolph the good worker, right? Because Dolph is the guy you can always rely on, but he's just Dolph the good worker. He doesn't really have the variety. Um. It, for me, for the for the Wyatt Strowman match, I'm I'm curious to see how they want to play it because it's non-title, which is why I think the odds for it are skewed for uh, Bray Wyatt over Braun Strowman, as Bray Wyatt uh, again is minus 140 and Strowman's plus 100. So uh, Wyatt's going in as the favorite. Um, as previously mentioned, Strowman beat Wyatt uh, and his, as his like Mister Rogers uh, Firefly Funhouse gimmick. So I'm not sure if the I'm not exactly sure how they want to play this because there's like they can like, there's several ways they can go. It, it, it's nice to have a little. It's nice that when you tell stories this way that you've definitely got ways you can branch out based on who, regardless of who wins this matchup. Like you have options. Like if if um, Wyatt is to win, then you can play. You can do the whole thing where well, it's one one and one now, and then. Uh, you know, we got to have a rubber match, basically, except this time the universal title will be as the line. And then, uh-oh, Bray Wyatt's coming out as the Fiend this time. And the Fiend is, uh, you know, un- this unbeatable monster, except for that one time with Goldberg that uh, everybody uh, refuses to acknowledge because it was uh-huh, incredibly stupid and should have never been done. Um, the Fiend, maybe, some days he's invincible. And yeah. other days he's pathetically weak. Yeah, one one day one day it takes a really bad suplex to beat him, but like said, like twenty seven chair shots to the head doesn't stop him. But uh, but one weak suplex from a fifty year old man <laughs> puts him away. Uh, but yeah, we just pretend that doesn't happen. It's the best way to do it when you're thinking of the fiend character. Um, but you could also play it where Strowman wins, but they continue the fight. Where, like, because as you mentioned, we got the three faces of Bray Wyatt here. Where it'd be like, okay, he beat the he beat uh, the Whalen K or, or he beat the uh, the Ma- the Max Cady version of uh, uh, of of Bray Wyatt. He beat the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt. But now it's SummerSlam, and you're up against the Fiend, and the Fiend just like squashes Braun Strowman, right? And then that would 
be like, okay, the fiend is just the unstoppable monster. Cause like Bray Wyatt stomp or like Braun Strowman stomped him twice, but then he went up against the fiend and the fiend kicked his ass. Right. you know, like that, that that's one way you could play it. And uh, you know, another way is you could do rubber match and, uh, but since the title's not on the line, that has me really weird. Except gambling-wise, I think I'm going to take Braun Strowman anyway because I think there's more value in the plus 100. But uh, I'm interested to see how they play this. I think they'll do a lot of fun cinematic stuff where, where Bray Wyatt is, like, disappearing in the swamp and, and fucking with Braun Strowman. And then Strowman will be picking him up and throwing him into all sorts of, you know, lakes and swampy-type waters and stuff. I, th- I, th- I think it'll be a, kind of a fun match. Um Anything else you want to say on this one? Uh, good points, man. Good points. And yeah. uh, you know what? I'm okay if this is sort of Strowman's swan song to put over Bray Wyatt, too. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like WWE's MO to do something like that. Yeah. If they did, awesome. And if he is, uh, if he beats Strowman as the Fiend, and then they somehow you know, work on that somehow, mm, cool. But I don't think they would if... If they if if Wyatt does end up getting the the push off this, it's because Strowman is fading, which sucks. Well, I don't, I don't think he's fading. I just I'd think, like to. I I don't want I don't want to say that he's fading. I just think that uh, SummerSlam. I I think that like the Fiend versus Braun Strowman in some sort of rubber match uh, is is the type of match that they would want to have for SummerSlam, right? For the uh, for for yeah. Russia. WrestleMania, like SummerSlam has always been like WrestleMania light and it's always kind of been the, the WrestleMania. <laughs> it, it's, it's always been like the WrestleMania kind of for the marks, right? Where it's like, let's, let's give the marks kind of what they want. So I think, I think the fiend beating Strowman and becoming the universal title again, and then putting all that nasty Goldberg stuff that we mentioned behind us with the fiend, that, that might be a way to go. Right. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not. Help us forget know. about it. Yeah, it really would. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and you could do it like you could do it like really cinematicy and spectacly too with uh, with the fiend versus Strowman too because Strowman's so big and then if the fiend just like locked the claw on him and put him down it would be like whoa this is something right because Strowman's a fucking monster right and he's putting him down I don't know I I think it would be it could be something um, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt who you got Mac see I'm so I'm gonna stick with. Uh... Strowman as well. I know you said you're doing it just because the yeah. the plus juice. Yeah. But I um <laughs> I'm kind of fantasy booking just because I yeah. uh I want that I to like happen. That. And yeah. and he's the champ. And I always kind of just like it when it's like, oh, it's a non-champ match. Uh, yeah, non-belt match. Mm-hmm. And they just make the champ look like shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They, they won't go. They, they won't do that. They could also, they, like, this would also be my pick for, even even though, again, we're having some sort of eye versus, uh, uh, we are having some sort of eye gouging match. Um, this is my also pick for a, like, I like if I were to handicap it, this would be my favorite as, uh, most likely to have a schmozzy ending because it would be uh, I could also see something like since they're going to be fighting in like some sort of swamp, you could do a thing where like Braun Strowman throws Bray Wyatt into the abyss like like he like he's a comic book movie villain. Right. And then so, <laughs> so yeah, like like you could have some sort of thing where he just throws Bray Wyatt into the abyss and Braun Strowman does the classic like, well. That's the last we'll see of old Bray Wyatt, right? And then a couple weeks later, you know, the fiend shows up and starts fucking with him again, right? Like that's that's you know, that's a way you could play it, right? Where it's like I'd like that. That'd be great. Yeah, where Strowman Strowman still looks strong because it's like he effectively killed Bray Wyatt, but then Bray Wyatt comes back as the fiend and he's like, Oh no, what have I done? Right? And like just classic like comic booky stuff 
but in the wrestling <laughs> world, right? Like, which you know, the fiend is, is would be right up that character's alley. So, um, if there's any pay per view to do that, you know, it's this one. <laughs> yeah, why the hell not for the horror show at Extreme Rules? <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's talk about the ladies. Uh, we'll probably end up talking. Uh, these two at the same time. So I'll just go ahead and, and list the both of them at the same time, just because I think they're, I think the outcome of these matchups is very much tied up into the, the, uh, the people involved in them. Uh, first up the SmackDown women's championship, the champion Bailey is defending against Nikki cross Bailey minus 600 favorite. Big favorite is uh Bailey Nikki cross plus three fifty. Uh, and then Oscar is defending the Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks. Oscar's minus 300, so she's a favorite, and Sasha Banks is plus 200 in that one. A um, lot of ways they can go with this because they've got Oscar, or so they've got they, they've been doing some really great stuff with Sasha Banks and Bailey in this insane slow burn with these two. Mac, like I I I didn't think. I, I I have been a proponent of like you remember because you remember how I mean we we obviously weren't you know we we've heard this like secondhand obviously because it was it was kind of slightly before our time but like when the mega powers broke up right when it when 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 uh, Savage and Hogan broke up it was like a slow burn that took place over the course of a year right where they were like planting the seeds of how good those guys were together and they were unbeatable. And then all of a sudden, you know, Miss Elizabeth comes between the two of them. Savage starts getting slowly paranoid about their relationship and ultimately culminating with, with their breakup and one of the, you know, most heartbreaking moments in the history of professional wrestling. Um, I didn't think in the current day and age of instant gratification and, uh, you know, streaming and getting what we want all the time. I didn't think we were able to do a slow burn. And not only that, but like you're worried about when you try to do slow burns that like if you try to do a plot line that you build up for like over the course of 12 to 18 months with two people and then one of those two people gets injured, you know, like eight months in and it's like, well, that's just great. We just blew you know, eight months of building this up for, you know, for, for month, for it to pay off in month 10. And then, you know, a couple of weeks before we were going to pull the trigger on something, somebody gets hurt. Right. So I think there's a lot of trepidation to do the slow burn stuff, but man, the Sasha Banks and Bailey, like break up eventually leading to their, to some sort of singles match where they have like all the titles on the line is, is man, they are, they are letting this one, marinade like you wouldn't believe in and to the point where they like it's gonna have to keep marinating because when banks and bailey break up you want like that has to happen with the crowd right like you can't like we need the crowds back for that it can't be a breakup that happens in this covid era of of no crowds and whatnot we need to have a stadium at least half full of people uh perhaps in every other chair as they socially distance (laughs) but uh <laughs> but I mean, well, like the the, the the Sasha Banks and Bailey thing is is the basically been giving me life during the uh, for like wrestling wise anyway uh, during this uh, this COVID era of of no fans and stuff because the the two of them have been uh, fantastic. Uh, what's your take on on those two on the slow burn? Um, yeah, since this is kind of a 
you know, this is building and building and building. You, you don't really want to change anything really up right now. And even though Sasha's really hot and she's really good, having her win and, and Asuka driving the title, you know, what sense does that really make? I think you're right. You got to keep your irons in the fire for this one because there's a lot you can do and the reaction and the breakup and, you know, and they deserve to have that on a grand stage. Um, I mean, the time uh, that makes it sound like, well, then Drew got shafted by winning this in COVID era. Eh. But Drew's trajectory was already there. You know what I mean? It was pretty hard to alter that course. This one's not that, you know, it's not a hard course to alter in that regard. So this is hopefully just the um, the right tra- trajectory to get uh, Sasha kind of elevated to, like, there's like, uh, there's kind of like the the <laughs> the level of WWE where you're like your Asuka or your uh, Kyrie because I think and, and I know this is going off kind of the internet darlings list and this kind of thing. Not it's what I think is the general perception. I'm not saying they're better. I just think the generally perceived top tier is is that you know maybe Charlotte as well. And then below that you got your Sasha and your Bailey, and then there's pretty much everybody else under that even true workhorses like natalia but anyway this hopefully just makes at least sasha look amazing if it if it gets uh you know bailey to like s rank that's cool too <laughs> yeah like like i don't know the two of them have been putting in work oscar is the champion the only thing that i think sucks is that i like oscar as the champion and i don't want the belt to get yanked off of her too early but I'm just looking at this, and according to the odds, because, I mean, the odds have Oscar retaining as a minus 300. Um, I mean, it, much like with the much like with the Strowman-Wyatt uh, thing, they've, they've put themselves in a great situation where I don't know how they're going to play it because there's, there's a couple of really great ways you could do this. Um, you could just – you could have Bailey retain against Nikki Cross, which is uh, Bailey's minus 600. So there's the thing. So so you can have Bailey retain, and then you can have Banks beat Asuka, and then they just have all the belts. So so Banks and Bailey are both uh, the Raw and Women's SmackDown champions as well as the tag team champions, and they just are the <laughs> – and they're just the the ultra power two ladies where it's like, look at us, we've got all the ladies gold. Who can stop us? And then you just you just keep doing that for a while, Max. So that's one way to play it. Another I'm cool way, with that. Yeah, and that's fine if they do that. Like like that that's certainly a move. The other one would be like, let's say Cross takes the belt off of Bailey, and then. Banks take. Let's say they do a double switch. So Bank. So Cross takes the belt off of Bailey, and Oscar takes the or Banks takes the belt off of Oscar, and now Banks is the champion. Now Banks is the double champion, and Bailey isn't. And then Bailey like isn't as supportive uh, uh, of Banks being the double champion as Banks was for Bailey, you know, uh, or as she as it has been over the last few months and whatnot. And then it just slowly, slowly, you know, kind of. It dips and then doesn't really, uh, you know, that, that, that is the thing that ends up, you know, driving the wedge between, uh, between the pair of them and whatnot. But I'm, I'm, I, I like the idea of, I mean, it sucks cause I love Oscar and I love seeing her as the champion, but I like the idea of banks somehow cheating to win that way. Oscar can still look strong and Oscar looks, even if she loses, she'll still look strong in a match between her and 
banks, right? Like those two are, are two of the best fucking workers in, in the business, let alone female workers. Um, that's that, and, and like Oscar versus Banks is actually my 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 prediction for the the best hey. match of the night. Um, if that's like a, a rotating feud, you know what I mean, where they do mm-hmm. pass it back and forth. That's awesome. Yeah, I just don't think really- that. It's just not, I don't think they're ready for that yet. I think that, and even I'd kind of like to have, if you're going to do that, don't have it so quick that you're questioning it at every pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Have a change at SummerSlam. Maybe have this be a loss and then do the the bigger move at SummerSlam. Yeah, I just I, I just like the idea of Banks and B- Bailey retaining, Banks winning, and then they've just got all the belts and they're doing that whole like we're the best, you know, thing. I think I think uh, I think that would have would have legs for for a bit with those two. Um, what say you on? Ba- Sorry, go ahead. So I'm cool with that, man. There's really no way to screw this up. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah exactly right. Like I don't think I don't think there's a way. Even even if they just have. Oscar and Bailey retain. I, I like what they're doing with uh with those two with all of these ladies involved. No one will be hurt by by like like Nikki Cross isn't going to be hurt by Bailey beating her. Banks certainly isn't going to be hurt by Oscar beating her. So you can just have those two retain and then just go forward with uh with all that with all that sort of stuff, right? Like there's 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 no wrong answer basically with with the outcome of these two matches. That said. Uh, Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Who you got? Oh, Bailey. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bailey too. Um, <laughs> well, I'm okay if like if there was some kind of crazy upset and Nikki gets a bit of a rub because yeah, that'd be fun. she's in there. I think she's still kind of paying her dues and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, she is really good. Yeah. Uh, Oscar versus Sasha Banks. Who you got? I'm gonna say Oscar for now, even though I know this is. You know, this is a leaf in the wind. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Banks just to just to be slightly contrarian, uh, and also just to be like I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the dream scenario. Plus, I do like the plus two hundred juice on Sasha Banks. I think that's all right. All right, <laughs> last match of the night: Drew McIntyre, the champion, versus Dolph Ziggler, former friends, now foes, as it often is in wrestling. In a TBD match for the WWE Championship, Dolph Ziggler gets to choose a stipulation, I believe, uh, for this matchup, and we won't know until uh, we won't know what it is until either tomorrow. But uh, they're not SmackDown guys, so I imagine we'll find out day of. Been some rumors that it's going to be TLC at Jace, which makes sense because if you have Dolph Ziggler in an extreme rules match put put them on a ladder right like like just make sure there's a, make sure there's a ladder involved uh drew mcintyre coming in as a whopping minus 2000 favorite in this matchup <laughs> he it, you are laying some serious juice if you want uh, or not not, ju- not juice but you're just like yeah, you're 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 laying heavy on uh, Drew. Like, there's not a lot of value in Drew McIntyre. Is what I'm saying. He's a heavy favorite. Dolph Ziggler plus 700. Uh, Dolph versus uh, Drew. What do you think, uh, Mac? Oh, uh, I mean that this would be a crazy upset. There would be people going broke. Yeah. If Dolph, there'd be a couple guys getting rich. It's true. <laughs> but it would not really make any sense either. Um. This is just Dolph being Dolph and and them using him for, you know, what he's good at. But since it hopefully has a a freaking zany um, 
stipulation that, you know, keeps you guessing. Like, oh, I'm cool with it. Uh, it's just, yeah, you have to be insane to not have Drew win here. But, like, if, if it happened, like, if if for some reason Dolph gets this one little crazy fluky win, <laughs> you know, it would be like when uh, George St. Pierre lost when he was, like, super hot and then won the belt, yeah. like, right back. Remember that? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would... Yeah, the only difference in that is, or, or yeah, like they even going further back when Buster Douglas knocked out Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson, right? And in, in what is the the greatest statistical upset in, or one of the greatest statistical uh, and uh, betting wise upsets in the history of uh, just mankind, it was uh, not oh, yeah. expected at all. Um, so I mean, like as cool as it is, it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, hopefully it's something crazy. Like we have to smash something over each other or, you know, it's a, this on a pole or that on a pole or a Paul Heyman <laughs> in a cage, yeah, you know, and you have to get to Paul Heyman and release him and then put him through a table to win the match or something. What if they went hair versus hair for this one, Mac? Ooh, <laughs> there's one, right? Like what if they went hair versus hair? <laughs> I'd be down with that. I mean, it probably, I mean, yeah. probably look not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like Drew, Drew would be all right. I, I, I'd have a harder time pitcher and, uh, McIntyre with the shorter hair. Right. So, but like Dolph, Dolph, I could see just being like, Oh, here's the hair. Yeah. I, I just, I, I could see McIntyre over top of him with the razor after the thing, just going like, Bram! <laughs> just like Dolph would be selling it and crying. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? And, yeah, and give Dolph the chance to really sell that, right? Just be like, no! <laughs> oh, God, I think that'd be all right. <laughs> I agree. I would like that. Yeah, errors there. I, I think this will be a... a, a sneaky good match in terms of work rate too especially if they if if my prediction of somehow there being a ladder involved in 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 it because that'll give uh, ziggler ziggler will have a couple of cool bumps in the match and it'll, it'll just look really cool uh drew mcintyre versus dolph ziggler who you got <sighs> drew mcintyre because i you know can't yeah. say it otherwise same too i'm i'm, I'm I, I wouldn't lay money on it because minus 2000 is not a great way to make cash but uh, but what the hell let's well, let's let's like the, the thing with the money with that though is like some people like in order for somebody to win mm-hmm. by let, let's just say it happens somebody bets on mm-hmm. Dolph ziggler and wins yeah and they're gonna make a lot of money yeah they would they would true if you if you get that upset so that's where that's where they would say the uh you know, they, they would say that there's value on uh, on Dolph Ziggler, right? Because it's also wrestling, and you never know if they're going to do something silly. So, like, so that that means that people have to vote, or sorry, have to vote, have to bet on uh, Drew McIntyre for there to be that pool of money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people who are doing that are probably just um, are making like. Yeah, they're betting like two thousand dollars to make a dollar, right? <laughs> yeah, that's more or less. Yeah, in in, in the minus two thousand case, that yeah, that means you're betting uh, you're betting two thousand dollars to win a hundred. So that's that's how much of a favorite Drew McIntyre is. If you you're you're risking two thousand dollars to win a hundred dollars, which is so mathematically that's not a great bet. So that's why you would attach it to a few other things. But you'd be like. 
uh, you'd be like, let me, I'm going to pick, so you'd be like, I'm going to pick Drew, I'm going to pick Apollo Crews, and I'm going to pick, like, Seth Rollins, because I think those are the three guys going over, and you you would attach those together, and I don't have the uh, the, the odds of, of how much that would, uh, you would need all three of those guys to hit, but if it did, I'd, and I don't feel like quickly going to a, to a betting, to, a, to an odds calculator right now, but, uh, <laughs> like, that, that, that's okay. That's okay. My question yeah. is is also then, how does your bookie mm-hmm. make money when it's something is one sided, like a like a Tyson fight? Like, who do you think actually bet on like Francois Boutha or like something like that, where it was like, you uh, know, yeah, that's why they make the odds so extreme, so they're not even losing. But like, also, you can't just in 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 uh, a lot of the times Vegas makes you they make it so you can't. Um, they make it so you can't bet on um, like they, they make it so you can't bet on like just one thing a lot of the time, right? Like you got to do, you got to do a bunch of, you, you got to bet on at least two things and they know the more you, the, the more you bet, you know, they, they, they know the more you bet, the more you, uh, <clears throat> the, the, you know, the, just the more you bet, the more you lose. But like, they, you can't just walk in and be like, I'm going to put $2,000 on Drew McIntyre. And, and when you're betting on wrestling anyway, because wrestling is um, predetermined, obviously, Mac, and people behind the scenes that would know who's going to win are going to, even though Vince McMahon can change the his idea like two seconds before the match, right? Or even <laughs> mid-match sometimes, he could get on a headset and be like, you know what, I changed my mind. So-and-so's winning. Make it happen. And then the referee goes, okay, that must be the hardest friggin' thing to do when you're in the middle of the ring. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, like, like that, like, like Vince is ultimately the guy, but like they, on these wrestling bets, they, they, they rarely let you bet more than like 20 bucks. Right. Like they usually have a cap out of, of 20 bucks. So you can't be like, I'm going to place. So you can't be a behind the scenes, like boom mic operator or whatever for, for the WWE hear that so-and-so is going over. And then uh, like, they're like, Oh, we're going to have Dolph Ziggler go over. And then you go, Oh, Dolph's going to go over at plus 700. Eh? I will bet $40,000 on that. Right. And, and then turn that into, into friggin' like 2,100 or like, like 200, like um, $210,000. Right. Um, uh, and you and you would also need to attach that to a bunch of a bunch of different things. So very rarely in Vegas do they like very rarely because they have what what are called parlays where you have to bet on like more than one thing and then the odds are, are calculated based on on are, are the the odds are like stacked together based on on how uh, on how you do right like so like a minus two two thousand wouldn't yield a a very uh, wouldn't yield a, a large return, right? So you'd have to attach that oh, to a okay. couple of like you'd have to attach that to like a couple of upsetty type uh type of things, right? So I would be betting like, you know, twenty bucks to get a dollar, but then I'd also have to say mm-hmm. maybe okay, let's actually let's just say it's a you know, a Tyson fight and 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 it's like this, and I, then I'd have to say, okay, this round mm-hmm. via KO, via TKO, something like that to because everyone's going to bet on Tyson, but then they're going to also have a money pool from people losing on these additional conditions mm-hmm. and this kind of thing. Yeah. So, for instance, oh, okay. I, like I, I just I just brought up a, a parlay calculator right now. So let's say we had a ticket that had Drew McIntyre, who's minus two thousand, winning, 
and let's pick Sasha Banks, who's at plus 200, so, and then uh, Seth Rollins, who's minus 150. So you have a three-person ticket that is uh, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, and Sasha Banks. Now, you would need all three of those to hit in order to win. Otherwise, if, if even one of those loses, your ticket's dead. But if all three of those win, if you bet 10 bucks based on the three-team calculator with the minus 200, the minus 2,000, the plus 200, and the plus 150, uh, you would win uh, f- uh, about $43 with, the, with those things. Oh. So, so if all three of those came in, you would turn 10 bucks into $43, right? Not bad. <laughs> yeah, so that's, so that's how. But you would need all three of those to come in. If even one loses, you don't. The, like the ticket loses, right? So that's that's what what people do to to they create uh, parlay tickets with like three thing like like three or more things uh, going, and then you know you try to you try to make your money that way by finding four or five really good ones, right? But in in these cases, you always need everything to go right. If even one thing goes wrong, it's like oh no, right? So so that's a little, yeah. little yeah, that's a little little betting. Uh, uh, just like like beginner kind of betting stuff for 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 people listening out there. Uh, and hey, I wouldn't and I wouldn't recommend doing, yeah exactly. And I wouldn't recommend doing wrestling parlays either if if you want to get into uh, get into like actual gambling. Just do it with football, but like do it like uh, you know start small. Don't you know just. Do it for fun action, right? Like, like I, I, oh, I, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't claim to be a professional better, <laughs> but, uh, but I play one on a podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Even so, with the wrestling, you know what I mean? It still would yeah. be a fun thing if you're going to yeah. buy the pay-per-view for, you know, 20 bucks. I guess you're not doing that. You're paying for the network. Mm-hmm. Never mind. No, but yeah, I like I, say, yeah, but no, but I get it. You're right. Yeah. If you're just having a fun little home game, like I said, just like you can play place ten dollar little mount on like on like oddshark.com or whatever and and pick like you just ten dollars on 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 like like i said the 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 banks drew and rollins and if you if it comes through you win 40 bucks if it doesn't you lose 10 and you had a bunch of fun right so like, like oh, that's yeah. it that's the that's the type of betting i like to do where it's like just a, a, just to get a little bit of action and do some fun stuff and uh probably lose more often than i win more likely but uh <laughs> But I, like, I mean, even professional betters lose more often than they, than they win. They just know how to, how to just, they, just when they win, they win a lot, <laughs> right? Is how, that's how professional betters do their thing. Um, they're also grinding, which is a whole other podcasting conversation. Uh, anyway, uh, and we'll have plenty of time for that. Assuming football restarts, assuming God, <laughs> what a, what a world, what a world we live in right now. Uh, Anyway, that's it. Crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. As always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please check us out on those platforms. Um, leave us a review on any of those. That would be uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, that is it for this week on the crossover podcast. It's great to be back. I know we've been away for a little bit, but, uh, thank you for downloading and listening as I, as I say, uh, we will be back next week. It's going to be the first time we're doing back to back pod, uh, podcasts, um, pretty much throughout this entire COVID era because I've haven't had enough to talk about to do weekly pods, but, uh, Craig and I will be back next week and we're going to be breaking down, uh, the NHL playoffs, which should be start, which are supposed to kick off um, 
in August, or August 1st, or at least like they're supposed to be exhibition games are supposed to start off. But uh, Craig and I will be back next week talking about what's going on in the NHL, and then we'll likely discuss um, all of the uh, COVID-y type things that's going on with the other the, the the bubbles that aren't really bubbles that are going on in the other the other leagues, and uh, see what the uh, odds are of uh, those the rest of the leagues finishing their seasons, <laughs> which I think is. Not great. I, I don't think it's great. Anyway, uh, Mac, it was a great time uh, breaking down the horror show at Extreme Rules 2020 <laughs> in the Performance Center of Orlando, Florida. Just a great place to be right now, Orlando, Florida. Good Lord. Um, Mac, great doing this. Great to have you back on the podcast. And it will be uh, won't be long before we hear from you again because uh, SummerSlam's next month. And uh, we always do SummerSlam, so I uh, can't wait to hear from you again. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I mean, SummerSlam can we can we can start with maybe a reaction of whatever ridiculous shit happens, and then we can talk about SummerSlam. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, have a good. Well, thanks, have a good. Thanks one. a lot. No problem. Yeah, you too. Fun having you on. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week on the Crossover Podcast.